find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey, what's up, you guys? <laughs> this is your Campfire Story Week. Woo! Woo! Are you guys scared yet? You will be. A boo. Just <laughs> <laughs> be like, boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> This is the most chaotic that you're going to get in this one, guys. Yeah, you only get us, like, in our own space for, like, mm, probably less than five minutes. Okay, so we also wanted to let you know, if you wanted to drop your spooky stories, if you have your own spooky stories, to our email at saturdaysareforthegools at gmail.com, we can add your story to Campfire Stories. And would that not be cool? To hear your own story. To hear your own story. by us. And like, then mixed with some spooky sounds? Come uh, on. Come on, man. <laughs> so, if you guys did want to leave any spooky stories, you can send it to our email um, on Instagram, Facebook. And just like slide into them DMs, huh? <laughs> but only with spooky stories. Nothing yeah, else. Yeah, that's it. So... Sit back, relax, and get get spooked. Get spooked. Get spooked. (laughs) We will see you in your nightmare. A few years ago, I was living alone in a little house which had a heavy back door that would swell up after some time. That would swell up after it rained and get really tough to open and make a lot of noise. One late night, I'd passed out on the sofa in the living room on the opposite side of the house, but woke up to something which I now assume was the back door being opened. I'm an idiot, and I never locked the back door. Netflix was still blaring away on the laptop as I slowly squinted my eyes open and realized that there's a black outline of someone standing in the hallway looking down at me. They were not very large or tall based on how much space they took up in the doorframe. Being completely disoriented in my waking state, my mind latched onto the first thought that came to my mind, which was that it must be my girlfriend. I was naked at the time, and I pulled back the blanket with my legs sprawled and my junk hanging out and called to her in my best deep, sexy voice, Come here, baby. Upon discovering a naked, six-foot, 200-pound man beckoning them with his genitalia, the not-my-girlfriend person immediately turned on their heel revealing a large backpack and booked it to the back door. By the time I stumbled up to the door, all I could hear was them taking off into the darkness at full sprint. I can only guess based on their height that they did not come here with the bold intention of being a little spoon. A little over a month ago, a friend of mine decided to leave her abusive husband after 20 years. Now, I haven't known this friend for even a year yet. We met at work but instantly clicked. Plus, when you meet someone who has been through the same kind of things, you don't have to go into detail because they already know. The weekend before she left, they came to my son's birthday party. This was the first time I'd ever met the man, but aside from seeing him when he'd come to, into the store. Some things to know about me. I live slash lived in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's 30 minutes into town that only has two red lights. I have been through hell with my ex-husband to the point I have no contact order where he's not ever allowed to have any kind of information for or about me. 
Also, my Facebook is set to where unless I specifically give you the link or you knew me 20 plus years ago, you'll never find me. So that Friday, I go into town and get cigarettes and some other things, and my friend tells me she's leaving that day. She's not taking her teenage children because both of them act just like their dad, plus would have told him exactly where she was at. She was also turning her phone off. That literally was the only information I had. I told her to be careful and let me know she's safe when she could and then went home. About 9.30 that night, I'm at home alone when all of a sudden my doorbell rings. It's her husband. He asked, is my wife here? Didn't even use her name. Nope. Do you know where she's at? Nope. But if I hear anything from her, I'll let her know you're looking for her. I don't know why you're hiding her or won't tell me the truth. Her boys are distraught that she's gone and killed herself. I push my door open. Do you want to come in and search? Because she's not here and I don't know where she's at. But if I hear from her, I'll tell her you're looking for her. He calls me a cunt and walks down the steps. He proceeds to sit out front of my house for almost 10 minutes. He then pulls around the back side of the, of the area by the lake and sits there for who knows how long because I had left to go get a friend to come stay with me for the night after that. A little after midnight, I get a Facebook message from her youngest son asking if I know where she's at. I told him the same thing, that no I didn't, but if I hear from her, I'll tell her that you're looking for her. He says thank you, and that's it. Now having her husband show up at my house and her kid finding my Facebook set my anxiety on edge, and I didn't sleep much that night. So I was awake at 6am when her oldest son messages me on Facebook demanding to know where his mom is telling me I better not lie to him or else. I told him the same thing I had been saying. He proceeds to tell me his dad filed a missing persons report and the cops were coming for me because I was hiding her. A little after seven, I get a call from a number I don't know. I normally don't answer numbers like that, but hoping it was my friend, I answered. Hello? Angel, this is Sophie's sister, Michelle. Do you know where my sister is at? No. But if I hear from her, I'll tell her everyone's looking for her. When's the last time you saw her? How was she acting? Was she on anything? I saw her at work. She was acting fine. And no, she wasn't on anything. She proceeds to go on about the cops and the call ends. I, a little later, Sophie messages me. I call her and fill her in on everything and help her make a three-way call to law enforcement to talk to them. I'm heading back into town to get gas because I'm leaving for a few days and my phone rings. It's mine and Sophie's former store manager from where we worked. So I guess you're wondering why everyone's trying to get a hold of you so bad. No, no, I know. Well, I gave all of her family your number because I know you know something. I hung up because then I started shutting down, went into a full-blown panic attack when I found out shortly after that this person had posted my number on her Facebook telling all of Sophie's friends to reach out to me for information. This is really long, so I'll try to sum this up. What has proceeded over the last four weeks is being accused of hiding her, breaking up her family. I was originally a crackhead, then I got upgraded to meth head. I have been harassed, threatened, and sexually threatened. Her husband has stalked my house, broken into my house, and all of this after they were told by law enforcement that she did this by choice on her own and had I had nothing to do with it. I have reports with three different departments. Her husband was giving a criminal trespass, then broke in, and the deputy handling things from my house pushed me to go for a restraining order, which the judge denied because he hasn't done anything to me. 
I'm currently some hours from home, but I am so tired and mad and terrified. I went through this crap with my own ex. I don't think I can mentally handle going through it again, and I've lost the one safe place I had. My dad's house is no longer safe for me because this man has targeted me. Not even my friend saw this coming from her husband. So Colin, let's not meet ever again. This happened two days ago. I live in a small city in Romania. Romania is not known for their tolerance of gay people. It's not as bad as other places such as Russia, but the situation is definitely not rosy here either. I get on Grinder and I meet a guy, 18 years old apparently. The guy didn't have a picture of his face as his profile picture because it's too dangerous. He had a picture of a rose drawing. Most guys on Grinder here don't have pictures of themselves. We talk for a bit and I really like the guy. And then we finally exchange face pictures. I send him a selfie and he sends me a picture of a guy from our city. He was really cute. I really, really liked him and I told him, hey, I saw you around the city. I didn't know you were gay too. We talked and finally arranged to meet. I had some errands to run at the tailor shop. My cousin's bachelorette party is coming up next week and I had to adjust my favorite shirt. So I asked him to meet me in front of the tailor shop. The building in which the tailor shop is located has four stories. The ground floor, which is a clothes shop. The second floor is a storage room. The third floor is a barber salon and the fourth floor is a tailor shop. I go to the tailor shop and then I go to the clothes shop on the ground floor to visit my aunt and see how she's doing. I was looking out the window at the clothes shop and I noticed there were five men, all of them in their late 20s behind the building. None of them was the guy I got a picture of and none of them looked, looked remotely close to what the guy looked like. I texted the guy I was supposed to meet and asked him if he made it to the tailor shop. As soon as I sent the message, one of the five guys' phone lit up. He started texting. As soon as he stopped texting, I got a grinder notification. I'm behind the tailor shop. I went there to smoke so no one would see me. Come smoke with me. I was terrified and I realized I wasn't going to meet the guy in the picture. He tries to get me to go behind the tailor shop and I try to get him to go to the side of it. There were no windows to the side of the building, so after a few tries, he agreed to meet on the side of the tailor shop. All five guys went to the side of the tailor shop. I peeked my head from the door and looked left and right, and as soon as I saw my way was clear, I ran for it. Grinder cutie, let's not meet. This happened a long time ago. At the time, I was living alone in a first floor apartment. My girlfriend had been sick at the time and ended up in the hospital dealing with a rare disease. She recovered fine from it, but during those weeks, my life was pretty much go to work, go to the hospital to be with her, come back to the house for dinner, and then bed. It was a Friday night and I was alone, so I decided to distract myself by reading and watching some videos on YouTube. Hours passed, and at 3 a.m. I was in bed with my iPad in hand, almost falling asleep. Then I heard it. I knew that sound pretty well. You see, outside, right in front of my bedroom door, there was a long corridor that leads directly to the kitchen. This apartment was in a building built in the 50s, and the kitchen door was old and had become slightly bent. That meant that whenever you turned the doorknob to open the door, it would snap out of its place with a distinct clack sound. That was the sound I had just heard. A lot of thoughts ran through my mind in that moment. Had I dreamt it in my semi-sleeping state? Or maybe the sound was real, but what happened was that the doorknob internal mechanism broke and it opened by itself. Or, of course, maybe someone was in my house and they had just opened the door. At this point, my heart was racing and I started considering my options. 
I had a broomstick next to my bed. You may ask why I had it there, and to be honest, I had it exactly because I lived alone and thought one day I might be in a situation like this, where I would need a weapon. My girlfriend even used to joke about it, but I guess that my paranoia was now paying off in the most unfortunate of situations. So I decided I was going to take the stick on one hand and grab my cell phone on the other. I would open my bedroom door while calling 911, and if no one else was in the apartment, I would just apologize to the operator on the other end of the line and explain the situation. However, back in those days, my cell phone wasn't yet a smartphone and it had this feature I found interesting, even though I never used it. If you pressed on a couple of specific keys, it would start ringing like someone was calling you. It was meant to be used when you wanted to simulate you were getting a call to get out of a boring conversation or a tough situation. Clumsily, I pressed on those keys and the phone started ringing. I quickly shut it up, but now it had become clear inside the apartment that I was awake. If someone was outside my bedroom, they certainly heard it. What was going to happen? I stopped for a few seconds to hear my surroundings. Nothing. It was dead quiet. I decided to continue with my plan. I dialed 911 with one hand, raised the broomstick with the other, and quickly opened the door. As soon as I did that, someone sprinted in front of me in the corridor and quickly got into the kitchen, closing the door behind them. I screamed, Hey! and started pursuing, but a split second later I thought, stop! What if there's someone else in the apartment? What if another intruder sneaks up on you from behind? In front of me was the corridor to the kitchen, but on my left was another corridor that led to the living room and office. The office had the light on, so the intruder had been there, but I didn't know if he had company. I took a step back into the entrance of my room so that I wouldn't be caught off guard. Sir, are you there? The 911 operator was calling me on the phone. I quickly explained to him what was happening, gave him my address, and he told me the police were on the way. They had a patrol car nearby, so I should just wait, then he hung up. The apartment was dead silent. I was terrified. There were only three things I had been able to notice in the intruder. He had a light-colored sweatshirt with horizontal black lines, dark hair, and he smelled really bad. In fact, the smell was still in the apartment and I could still sense it. The police arrived after seven or eight minutes, which felt like ages. The apartment door was next to the bedroom, so I managed to quickly open it and unlock the door to let them in. I explained what had happened to the police and they said that we should go through the whole apartment and check every single hiding place. They had seen situations before where a burglar had hidden himself for a long period even after the house owners had called the police to later attack them. The apartment wasn't that big, so it was easy to conclude that no one else was hiding there. In the kitchen, it was obvious what happened. It had these large windows that faced the back of the building where we had a small community garden. I had left one of the windows open and next to it, on the outside, there was a large drain pipe along the wall. The intruder used that pipe to climb my window and get in. The police left to go look out around the neighborhood for someone matching the description of the sweatshirt I described. While they were gone, I could still smell that horrible odor the intruder had left in the apartment. After around 20 minutes, they came back. They couldn't find anyone. The burglar was long gone. Luckily, he didn't have the chance to steal anything while he was in my apartment, but the audacity. I mean, he must have seen the light on in my bedroom through the edges of the door and still he tried walking past it to steal something from the office. I didn't sleep that night. In the morning, I went to the garden in the back to try to find any further clues about the intruder, but couldn't find anything. A neighbor in the building next door was out the window and I called out to her. 
I told her what had happened. She just smiled and said, Well, welcome to the neighborhood. We all have stories like that in this place. You should never leave your windows open and maybe you should consider getting some bars to protect them. The next day, I bought a motion alarm and installed it in the kitchen. I never had another experience like that in that apartment, but to be honest, I never slept the same way in that bedroom, traumatized by those events. At night, I would fear hearing again the sound of the kitchen door snapping out of its place. A few years later, I moved out to a larger apartment in another neighborhood. This time, it was on the seventh floor, so much harder for intruders to get in through the windows. So, to the intruder that came into my apartment and smelled really bad, let's not meet ever again. A little backstory. When I was 19, I lived with my mom in a ranch-style house on a road that backed up to a large field. On the other side of the main highway, about half a mile down from me, was a loony farmer. About a mile on the other side of me was pretty much a crack house. I guess someone used to live there, but it was run down. I will say the crackheads were pretty quiet. Other than those two houses, we were isolated. At the time, I was working full-time, going to school full-time, and one of my classes ended at 10.30 p.m. I often wouldn't get home that day until about 11.15ish. I was driving home one night and I noticed some guy walking down the road. He had a yellowish shirt and track pants. I remember his outfit because it was stupid. It was weird to see people walking down the road because of the whole crack house thing. I instinctively looked over at him when I drove past. He turned and smiled and waved, which freaked me the fuck out. So I speed half a mile home and pull into the driveway, weirded out, and made sure all the doors and windows were secure and sat on the couch to be paranoid and freaked. I waited to make sure the dude walked past my house, except he didn't. And there was some other guy with him, dressed in darker clothes. They actually walked up my driveway and started playing around with my car, testing the handles and stuff. In my hurry, I forgot to grab my phone from my car. So I was kind of worried that's what they were after until the guy in the yellow started approaching my door. I freaked out. So I go and I wake up my mom. She's bleary and I'm trying to explain the situation. When we both hear the doorknob turn very slowly. Good thing it was dead bolted. She got out of bed and walked to the door and the yellow shirt knocked. I perched on the couch so I could get a good look at him and his friend. Still in the driveway. The porch light was on because of the sensor. Yeah, my mom said. You dropped your wallet. I told my mom that I had my wallet and it was in my purse. So she calmly told him that she had her wallet and it was too late to be knocking on people's door. I remember perfectly what he said next, even though it was about six years ago. Okay, I'm not a bad guy, just so you know. We were all pretty still. No one moved. Uh, not even the guy at the door. Not even when the porch light went off. He tried the handle again. My mom told me to call the cops so she could get her gun, and I told her I didn't have my phone. So I walked to the kitchen and grabbed hers from the charger. Uh, she went to the room to grab her gun. I was talking to the cops, explaining the situation, all while watching the two guys, explaining that there were two suspicious guys at our door, and my mom came back out, she said, and one in our backyard too, which explained why she had looked out the bathroom window. She glimpsed him from the kitchen and went to get a more discreet look. My mom walked back over to the door with her gun and loudly said, if he tries the handle, I'm going to open the door and shoot him. Fuck knows why she said that instead of waiting for the cops to arrive. The guys took off down the road. I told her and she rushed to the bathroom. 
where the guy, apparently in the backyard, saw his friends running down the road and he sprinted off too. They were going in the direction of the crack house. The cops searched our house and our yard and, and went to the drug house. There were around five dudes hanging out. One was the yellow shirt guy. I'm assuming his friends were with him. They did get arrested and nothing weird like that ever happened again. But I was on edge for a while. I still make sure all the doors are locked at all times every day, even though I live in a much nicer area now. Back in the summer of 2020, I was 14. I would spend a lot of time with my cousin. We both loved going on walks and would always walk in the neighborhood near her house. One night I was spending the night over and we decided to go on a walk. It was around 10 p.m. and I'd like to precise that the roads weren't well lit, so it was very dark. We were used to doing that, so we weren't scared at all. While we were walking, a white Jeep started driving very close to us. The guy who was driving lowered his window and there was another guy with him. They both seemed to be around 25 years old. The guys were just weirdly staring at us for like two minutes, then the guy in the passenger seat started asking weird questions like, are you girls not scared of the dark? And after asking this, he drove away. Me and my cousin were relieved thinking that it was just a joke, but unfortunately we noticed the Jeep's light on the road and it seemed like they were going back and forth before coming to our level again. And this time it was the guy in the passenger seat who talked. He asked if we wanted a ride home, then said we will take care of you while smiling. And at this moment, my cousin's eyes opened wide after that, they drove away again. Me and my cousin were petrified we couldn't even speak. We're, we were still hearing the Jeep, so we didn't want to run home because we were scared they would follow us home. We hid inside a garden behind trees for 10 minutes. The Jeep came back, but fortunately, he didn't see us. We didn't have our phones because we usually don't take them on walks. When the lights disappeared, we sprinted home. We got there and cried a lot. She told me that she got so scared because she noticed that there was a knife and some sort of pills in the back seat. Don't walk in small neighborhoods at night and never trust the place. I used to work in an industrial area that tends to be secluded and dark with minimal lighting along the roads. I also live close to this previous job, so I would walk home instead of taking the bus. I can't drive. The bus routes tend to be awkward and I have to wait long times, so I usually walk. One night in early October, I had been walking through the parking lot to get to my place. I had to walk through a few parking lots to get to my place. However, the parking lots were close to the main road where these incidents occurred. Anyway, as I'm walking through the desolate parking lot, I'm listening to music and enjoying my walk and I get the suspicious feeling that I should look behind me. I look behind me and see an individual wearing a hoodie and track pants and appears to be maybe a woman. The person's pale and seems to be watching me after emerging from the bushes slash tree she was hiding in. Uh, she picks up the pace behind me and continues to walk horizontally to me. I ran across the main road and looked back. I could see her standing next to a set of trees. She then realized that I see her watching me and jumps behind the tree to hide. I go into some random apartments to hide from her and I wait there for some time. I then left and went to my place. I told my mom about this incident and she said that I should have called the police. And now it doesn't stop there. So now it's early November and I have a weird feeling that someone in this, that there is someone in this parking lot 
that I'm walking through. I was walking through a different parking lot um, this time than I was the previous time. Which freaked me out because someone was watching me. As I walk through the parking lot, the person wearing the hoodie emerges from behind a parked trailer on her phone. I'm thoroughly freaked out. I decide to pick up my pace. I get to the main road as fast as possible without alerting this person that I feel threatened by them. As I'm getting ready to cross the road, this person decides to cross the road as well and watches me cross the road. I book it to the random apartment and hide there until I assume she's gone. The last time this happened was mid-November. A week after the second incident, I'm walking through the same parking lot that I saw her in the second time. Dumb, I know. This time, she emerges from hiding behind the trailer and starts walking towards me. I decide to just run and get to the main road. I get across the main road and look back, and she's gone. I assume she must have been hiding behind the trailer. Uh, there was no way she could have gotten out of that parking lot in time. I decide to hide in the same apartment building as well. Now, I've not seen her as it's been snowing, and it would be significantly easier to see her face, and it's too cold to wait out in the parking lot. I also no longer work there, so I no longer have to take that route. Now, it could have been a man, as they were pretty tall, but I thought I heard her voice when she was talking on the phone and when I saw her the first time. I thought she might have been a white female with dark hair. I have not gone to the police with this information, but I might, but I doubt it'll do anything. So to preference this story, I was about 15, 16 years old at the time. It was my best friend's birthday, and she had invited about six of us over to play a few games, such as Mario Party, Mario Kart, Guitar Hero, etc., and stay the night in celebration of her big 16. So with this get-together, there was five girls, including me, and one boy. After a while, my best friend asked if we would like to go to the playground, which was about a 10-minute walk away from our house. Of course, being stupid teens, we agreed, not thinking of how it may be dangerous since the majority of us were young girls and it was currently 10 p.m. Anyways, we walked down to this park and continued playing Grounders when we arrived, which if you don't know, is a game commonly played in elementary schools. The rules are, one person is it, the person who is it must close their eyes and try to seek the other players as they hide on the as they hide on playground equipment in order to tag them. But there's a catch. If someone gets off the equipment and the person who's it calls grounders while they're on the ground, they are then tagged. Yeah, I know, a pretty childish game, but it's fun. After a few rounds, we got bored and decided to huddle around in a circle in the center of the playground equipment. We were just talking, joking around, when suddenly I heard what I thought to be something like rocks hitting the chain link fence that resided on the back of the playground. I hushed the group. I looked over at my best friend asking if she heard that, as everyone looked at me like I had 10 heads. She asked what I meant, and when I told her it sounded like someone was throwing rocks at the fence behind us, she responded with the classical, ooh, it's a murderer coming to get us. Naturally, I glared at her, flipping her off. She knows I get paranoid sometimes, but I have a very good intuition, and something just felt off. A few minutes later, after some more rocks were thrown at the fence, and I obsessively stared down the area behind the fence, which was all woods besides the house on the left and the right of the playground, in paranoia, I noticed a light weaving its way through the branches of trees. At first I thought maybe it was just a headlight of a car that was coming down the street that connected 
to the street of the park since you could vaguely see the headlights of oncoming traffic through them. But I soon realized there was only one light and it was bouncing up and down like it was being held by someone who was walking. I quickly pointed it I quickly pointed it out to the group around me as we all snapped our heads over in the direction. Coming up along the side of the nearby house on the left side of the park was a man who wore a hat, some white baggy and dirty sweatpants, and a black coat. He was holding a flashlight. Not the one on your phone, but an actual flashlight. He was too far away to guess his age even when he sat on the swings closer to the playground equipment we were on. But we all collectively agreed it was strange since he seemed to be at least mid-twenties and just came out of the woods by himself to sit and stare at a load of kids. After a brief discussion, we agreed that maybe he was waiting for our ride or was just resting for a moment, so we tried to brush the fact he was sitting and so intensely staring at us off. However, we started to take note that after a few minutes of us resuming our very competitive game of grounders, that this stranger was slowly inching his way closer to our group. He went from sitting on the one swing furthest away, to the next swing a bit closer to the equipment we were on, to the next, until he was just about 10 feet away from our group. The whole time he just sat there, watching. At this point, all of us have noticed the strange man attempting to get closer to us, and in an attempt to remove ourselves from a potentially dangerous situation, we made a group decision to leave. Getting up, we all piled off the playground equipment, and in pairs of two, we walked down the stairs on the side furthest away from the creepy man. As we attempted to casually walk away, I kept my eyes glued to his figure, and as we neared the end of the street, he got up. Slowly at first, the man started to trail behind us, keeping his distance. I decided to keep my mouth shut at the time because we were about to make a turn. I thought that if he continues to follow us instead of going the other way, I'd bring it up to the others. And wouldn't you know it, the creep stays hot on her heels, not only following which turn not only following which turn we took, but he also started sprinting towards us, screaming, You motherfuckers, I'll fucking kill you! At this point, the whole group burst out into a sprint. The adrenaline I felt made me run so fast I was ahead of everyone else. Everyone was ushering each other to run. I didn't even take a second to see if the others were behind me. That was until I heard my best friend struggling to run. She has pretty bad asthma. I instantly felt horrible for running off on her. So I ran back by her side, grabbing her hand and quite literally dragging her along, repeating things like, deep breaths, you got this, come on, we have to go now. This whole time, the man was still running slash screaming behind us and was catching up quickly. At this point, both me and another girl in the group took it upon ourselves to get my best friend moving as fast as possible, both taking a hand and running at a pace she could keep. Luckily, this park was only about a 10 minute walk from my friend's house if even that much, and as we all piled in through her garage door, I turned to see this delusional man start running up her driveway. He got about halfway until our big fluffy savior ran to the open door. My friend's 100-pound, fully-grown German shepherd, she lurched at the man, barking as we gripped her collar, in an attempt to keep her from running completely after the man. Luckily, her sudden and loud appearance caused the man to freeze in fear before running away down the dark, lamp-lit street. We were terrified for the rest of the night and only managed to sleep after putting random items next to us. We even had a rake. But most comforting, our big fluffy hero, just in case the creep decided to come back. So, to the crazy creep who enjoys watching kids at the park and then chasing them home, let's not meet again.
Hey Twisted listeners, I'm Cindy. And I'm Diva, and we are the Twisted Listeners, a weekly podcast about murder and lists. Each week, we cover 10 cases that all fall under a specific topic, which we also choose weekly. Past topics have included family annihilators, murderous moms, mysterious and spooky deaths, online predators, and other truly twisted topics. We cover many well-known cases, but we also love to sprinkle in some lesser-known murders, so there's always something new and surprising in every episode. So, if you love lists and true crime as much as we do, then we're the podcast for you. Join us for some twisted tales and interesting topics every week. And remember, stay off our 